This is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, Lee? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald headed. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bullpen Bulletins, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. And we have a full house this week. It's almost like a crossover. Yeah, I guess, I guess you can say that. It is a crossover. Starting off, we have Dave Wachter, whose book Fiendish Fables shipped today. He's also the artist of The Amazing Scar Tissue. Say hello, David. Hello. In addition to Mr. Wachter, we have both of the hosts of the Riotous Art Riotous. Why am I going to say Riotous? We <laughs> righteous. Right, righteous. We have both of the hosts of the always amazing R-Cast, Chris Mays and Pat Loika. Hey. How you doing? And Pat is also a comic professional. He's drawn the Path to Armageddon miniseries. And what else? You write that Hocal? No, you draw the Hocal. No, 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 no wait, wait. Chris, uh, Chris, Chris draws. draws yeah, up. actually, I draw Hocal. Yeah. See, I'm I not. Pre- I'm not prepared. It's I'm, all good. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> woefully unprepared. Ever. Yeah, but I mean, we just have a full house. All of the people with us are comic creators of one sort of or, or another, and uh, we're gonna take off a little bit on a topic that we started delving into. Oh, wait, wait. Can I sing the full house theme? You can. <laughs> Everywhere. Only if I can. S- <laughs> I just want to sleep in the same room with DJ. Whatever happened to the DJ? Yeah. I just realized this is the first time, like you know, the the four guys in the hotel room got back together in a way. That's after, right. You know, the other four guys with the you know the whole uh, Sean McKee yeah. condom incident. Yeah. Wait. Let me let me take this off and throw it on the floor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> But uh, have you seen Candace Cameron lately? The, no. Oh, my God, is she she's hot. All, she's all bibled out now, too. Huh? She appeared on um, the uh, Disney show That's So Raven. And my kids... My kid, <laughs> no, and, I'm, and I'll, let, me, let me explain it. My, uh-huh. my kids watch that all the time. And, I, I, and she so appeared... you bad father. <laughs> she showed up as one of Raven's high school teachers, and, and I looked at her and I said, I know that woman, and it turned out to be DJ, and ooh, man, is she hot. 
Speaking of hot, a topic that has been making the rounds on the message boards, and I guess uh, not instigated, but I was part of it, so to speak, in a, in, a, in a weird way, about Criminal Number 7. I Actually, I believe the price printed in the Marvel Previews catalog as being three fifty, when, in fact, it's not. It was a misprint. It, it's going to be two ninety nine, the regular price. So that whole bullshit that you heard last episode about me going on being at three fifty. So when we re-release it, yeah, from, like the special edition <laughs> Criterion two disc, right? We'll have taken that part out. The director's cut will will have it as well. Just have that whole part snipped out because it doesn't make any sense. But the meat of my message goes unchanged. Three fifty, I think, is going to be a very very uh, important jump for comics and one that's not going to go over well. But we'll get into that later. But hey, guys, it's so good to have you here. It's so good to be on. (laughs) This is great. Like Pat said, I just feel all cozy now because it's all the guys (laughs) who are in the hotel room. Plus, Pat doesn't have to do the editing. Yes. But Pat doesn't have to do anything for this show when it goes on the air. I mean, this is, you know, (laughs) now now Pat can just kick back and relax a bit. Although, Pat's Pat's like our Tim Wake. He, like, shows up more often as a special guest, even though, like, he's always (laughs) here than, you know, when, when. You get one like Honestly, oh, yeah, you get one of us. We're, we're, we're yeah, it's it's hard to explain. We're 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 just ridiculous like that. And it's it's really weird. I did not know either of these guys before Chicago last year, and I, and I'll tell you, I wouldn't want to. Oh, in public, I still say I don't. Well, shh, come on, they're in the same room. I I I wouldn't want to be in this hobby without them now. Because I feel like they're, they're family. They really are. Should we sing Kumbaya? No. <laughs> even, even though Dave can be a, a little bit caustic, people take him the wrong way. He <laughs> How can that be? That's putting it mildly. I, I do consider him my brother. Same thing with Pat and, and um, even Chris, hey, who, who, who I haven't slept with, but I'm sure that'll Not change. Yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> So we have something really special. We have listener emails. This is always fun to do. Oh, goody. <laughs> and the first one comes from someone I'm sure every listener of this podcast knows. It's Matthew Guy. This uh, person is the ultimate podcast fan. I think he listens to everything, which is really cool. And another thing that's good is he has opinions, which generates a lot of threads on a lot of message boards. I love this guy. Matthew writes... After reading Civil War 1-7 and The Confession, in parentheses, it made Civil War a more complete B-. So he's rating the thing as he's going along, which is cool. And he's read the Spidey and Wolverine tie-ins, which he thought were great. He's buying more Marvel than before. He's pre-ordering and reading Dark Tower, the World War Hulk title, and the tie-ins, which is going to be a nice chunk right there. Captain America, She-Hulk the trilogy of spider books and the bi-monthly spider-man family he's reading daredevil x-factor and the new avengers title that dan slot's writing and he's thinking about trying x-men 200 and the endangered species one shot which comes out in june but he's dropping criminal because of the price increase that i pointed out on the air before he made his dcbs order and i'm sure he'll reconsider that now in light of the the recent information He says, I will get these in trade from this point forward. I agree with many of your points about the books going to 350. If Marvel does that on their mainstream titles or if DC does it, it will be like Wildstorm's Friday the 13th 
and do a hack and slash on his 40 titles a month that he pre-orders. And I think this is going to be something that's going to be commonplace. People are going to you know, pick and choose what books matter the most to them if these things jump up 50 cents a piece. Uh, he's going to cut back to 25 titles or less in a heartbeat. DCBS is a godsend to save me money with books at $3 now. At least I get them at a more reasonable $1.78 an issue and get my book shipped monthly to save more. My 130 bucks a month from DCBS will be around 70 to 80 bucks if a 350 price increase goes into effect. So I agree with your rant, which wasn't really a rant, but <laughs> a, a lot of people perceived it as such, but whatever, about Marvel and price increases. I will just buy less, not more. And he, and he says, also a point of interest to you, Vince, my DC buying has gone down from 25 to 20 titles a month by June. Woohoo! Because he's, he's losing Green Arrow, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Friday the 13th. And his Marvel buying from 5 to 10 to 12 titles with the horror and adventure indies getting around 10 bucks a month. Vince, keep this up, and I will have to trade in my DC Nation pin for a Marvel Zombies one, when or if they put one out. Increasing Marvel fan, Matthew Guy, and he goes by M Guy Set 1977 on the CGS forums. Well, I, I'll send you a bullpen bulletins pin. That's the next best thing. <laughs> but, you know, that is so cool to hear that somebody who is so pro-DC, and, you know, if you've read Matthew's posts, he's very loyal. When when he when he picks something that he loves, he's he stands by it, and to see him, you know, come on over to the other side, or at least take a peek at what's going on, that's pretty significant, I think. So good for him, good for us, good for Marvel. We have Matthew, Matthew Guy in our camp now, which is really cool. So thanks for that, Matthew, and keep listening. And I'm sure uh, I'll get you, and David will get you to buy some more Marvel titles because there's a lot of good stuff out there. Boom, bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whom bum? Whom bum? We bombed them. 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 Whom bum? We bomb you. Whom bum? We bomb you. Whom bum? You bomb you. Whom bum? You bomb you. What do we do? Who do we bomb? 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 What do we do? You bomb, you bomb them. What do we do? You bomb, you bomb them. What do we do? We bomb, we bomb you. What do we do? You bomb, you bomb you. Why'd you bomb? We didn't want to bomb. 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 Who said bomb? Who said we had a bomb? Who said bomb? Who said we had a bomb? Who said bomb? Who said we had a bomb? Who said bomb? Who said we had a bomb? Who wants a bomb? We don't want a bomb. Who wants a bomb? We don't want a bomb. Who wants a bomb? We don't want a bomb. Who wants a bomb? We don't want a we don't want a we don't want a bomb. Who wanted a bomb? Somebody must have wanted a bomb. Who wanted a bomb? Somebody must have wanted a bomb. Who wanted a bomb? Somebody must have wanted a bomb. Who wanted a bomb? Somebody must have wanted a bomb. They wanted a bomb. They needed a bomb. They wanted a bomb. They needed a bomb. They wanted a bomb. They needed a bomb. They thought they had a bomb. 
They thought they had a bomb. They thought they had a bomb. They thought they had a bomb. Armageddon did the job. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Armageddon did the job. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Armageddon does the job. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Armageddon does the job. Armageddon for the mob. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Armageddon for the mob. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog and Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Gog Magog. Ginsburg says, Gog and Magog. Armageddon did the job. Now, now, David has a letter from another frequent visitor to our little dog and pony show. Yes, Mr. Scott Cedarland of Wednesday's Hall. Yay! Uh, this is uh, this is from a couple days ago. Vincent David, I'm about halfway into the latest episode, which would be 25, but I've listened to Vince's price rant already. Oh. I've posted my own thoughts on the issue in the thread on your forum. And that part's done. Now's the part that I really like. I swear that you're one of the podcasts I end up disagreeing with the most. Our love is the same, but our taste and opinions differ just enough. But I love that you guys put yourself out there and the passion you both have. I may end up disagreeing with a lot of the stuff, but it's the parts of bullpen bulletins where you and your guests just start talking about whatever that I can't get enough of. Thanks, Scott. Well, you're you're probably not going to get enough of this episode because that's pretty much all we have planned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there'll be less of us and a lot more of our guests. I love Scott because he'll come on the boards again, like he said about us. He will get, deliver his opinion no matter what the reaction. I mean, he's he's honest. I like that and a lot. Most times, it's it's he does it in a way that it. I, I like to think it serves the purpose of the thread. He'll. He'll he'll state his opinions, but it's not like he's not. It doesn't have to be the final word. There's enough there, where you can now throw your two cents in, or tweak what he said, or disagree with it in a way where you can keep the conversation going as if you were face to face. It's not like, well, this is the way I think it is, and then that's it. And right. then you're like, well, okay, that's thanks for playing. Yeah, he's not like you. Exactly. <laughs> He does what a good, you know, a good um, forum poster does, as opposed to what I would say the majority of forum posters, is that he keeps it on topic, he discusses the issues, he states his case, and but then he'll listen to your case and not disregard it, and he won't come after you for your opinions. He'll come after your opinion. He's, he's, he's a good guy. And, you know, speaking of typical forum posters and their tendency to get a little bit... Uh, catty and negative and just uh, basically obnoxious. Was there a full moon this week? Because all of the boards were like really 
nasty this this week. I don't know. I haven't really been on the boards this week. Uh, what, <laughs> what exactly are you talking about? Nasty. No, it, it was just like, this. Who, who in particular are you talking about? Yes. Oh, yeah. and which which board? Can we go there right now? Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to point any fingers, but I, like just the boards that don't have a history of nastiness or just constantly fighting had posts. I mean, David said to me, he said, "I don't know what's going on, but the Bendis board is the most level-headed." And you know, just readable board this week, and yeah, he, it's the best board out there. And he was right, just infighting, and oh my god, how could you read this? You're such an idiot, you know, yeah. st- stuff like that. And it's just, man, we're talking about comic books here. I just, I just, I don't understand why, because it's a message board, or because it's on the internet, or you don't see these people face to face. Why it has to be so negative? It's like, it's like you know, everybody, everybody that's here. Is I don't know how old Chris is, but seventy-two. I, I heard. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. Is, is is everybody at least in their late twenties, early thirties? Yeah, I'm twenty-five. By the way, there you okay. go. I'm twenty-eight. Okay. Damn, it, you're getting old. It, it's just, it's, <laughs> it, I think it's just that you know I was, I don't know. I, I I was brought up, you know, respecting my elders. Please, thank you. You know, just trying to be polite overall. I mean, if you have something to say, you can say it without say, without just. You know, just throwing something out there that's negative, like, you know, well, if someone starts a thread about Ant-Man and, you know, talks about how, how great, you know, Eric O'Grady is as a character, you don't want someone to come on going, Ant-Man, oh my God, well, Kirkman sucks and I don't know what the hell Phil Hester's trying to draw. And then that's all they add to it. And it's just, it seems to just be a growing trend lately. And it's like, it's like why are you even bothering them to... Why, why are you even clicking on a thread if it's about a comic Amen. book you don't even read? Well, let me let me give you my opinion on this because a lot of people sure. think that there's a lot there's a lot of industry people look at these boards and lurk at these boards, and a lot of these people are trying to get attention. It's as simple as that, really. They 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 want the attention from someone big. Like they're, you know, they're hoping someone who's lurking decides to post in that thread or you know or respond to them or something like that. There's a lot of people who just they're just begging I'll get for to attention. It. I'll respond. I'll get around to it. <laughs> Why be a negative attention whore, though? I mean, it's the law of uh, karma. If you throw negative vibes out, uh-huh. you're going to... You're gonna, well, whatever. You're going <laughs> to... <laughs> Dave's just like the one word, karma. You, you know, you, you throw the negative out, you're going to get the negative back. I mean, that's just the way things work. If you're a dick, people are going to respond to you as one. Do good things and good things happen. That's Do right. Things, bad things happen. I, I, enjoy, I enjoy reading. Bo Smith's columns, whether it's Busted Knuckles on on SilverBulletComicBooks.com or his 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 Dot in the Eyes column in Comic Buyer's Guide, you know, I I just I like like Bo Smith not just as a writer or as an industry professional, but but I like the man. Not that I've met him face to face, but just he and I have emailed back and forth. And like I said, I, I read I read what he writes. I enjoy his stuff. I think you're sweet on Bo Smith. I am. He's a manly man, but. He's he's from the school that like Roy Thomas, like yeah, like like all of these like Jim Shooter, like all these people that grew up reading comics and wrote letters to the editors, and 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 saw their name either in print. I remember T M Maple. Oh yeah, I mean you just had people that wrote into Amazing Heroes or wrote into to Marvel or DC Comics. You know back when DC Comics had a letters page, and you you just you. You didn't have the internet. You didn't have these message boards. So if you wanted to express how you felt about a comic book or a character or a creator, 
you sent the letter in to the publisher, to the editor. Now it's like people aren't going to bother with that. Instead of telling Marvel that I think 350 might be too much for a comic book, or instead of saying, you know, I really don't think that, uh, you know, after going with Mark Texiera on the first six issues, that Richard Corbin might not have been the best choice. You know, instead of instead of going and writing to Marvel about them, they go on message boards or they'll they'll just you know or or blog about it, as if that's going to get the attention of the publisher. It's like if you have something constructive to say or that you want to get across, why don't you tell the party involved? Dave, are we going down that road that you accused us of going down last episode? You're <laughs> <laughs> very good, mate. And you put it to the Pony Express. They put it on the train. Like when trains were new. Yeah. <laughs> in a charcoal. No, let them go. Let them go. Keep going. <laughs> Meanwhile, the engines are over there with their smoke signals, and they can get a message by real fast. But I gotta, I gotta, I gotta find some ink. Thank you very much for joining us. It this has been <laughs> I can't cranky old man cast. Yep. I guess we do We do have a tendency to do that, but you have to admit, if, I mean, I won't say you, but those who have experienced the whole hobby back then, it was better than it is today. It, I mean, there's there's no denying it. If you could get 3 comics for a buck and you know, you didn't have to listen to some Say okay. <laughs> it is. It's so much baloney. It's, you know, I it, mean, I, I grab, I grab some. Uh, you know, I, I, I get one of these uh, um, collected editions with all the old comics in there. And it's like, wow, these are great, you know. And then I read them, and I'm like, oh wow, this would be awesome if I was eight years freaking old. But well, that's the thing, though. That's it. that's who was <laughs> buying them at the time. Well, yeah. Well, that's not who's buying them now. Okay. So 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 Memo. because my comics are grown up means that my only way of getting my point to the creator it has to be like you know just from my BlackBerry or, or you know going on a message board. What? Well, there's uh, <laughs> no, it's just, no, it's just, I'm, I'm just uh, it's a nostalgia thing in general. It's just I don't see it doesn't serve a whole lot of purpose to me. Okay. It's like to say, okay. Oh, remember when? Remember when? It's like fine, but yeah, this is now. Let's think about what we can do now. Okay. You know, we can't go back to those times. Those times are over. Those times are gone. You know, the internet exists, and we can use it, and it's an awesome tool, and you can't deny that it's an amazing tool that you can do amazing things with. Things that you could never even dream of when you had to write a letter. Well, why do we have to go through so much crap? Yeah, I know, right? Thank God you. Why do we have to go through so much crap, though, to get to the good? Because unlike the fanzines of old and the letter columns of old, the internet does not have an editor. 
that decides, okay, this is a reasonable argument, we'll put this in, or this letter makes no sense at all, it's just somebody complaining, we'll take that out. There's nobody doing that on the Internet. You can post... Chaos, baby. Right. Like and chaos. I love chaos. I do. If you, got, if you like the positives of chaos, then you got to take the negatives with it. I, I know, but I, I'm also... I'm also of the age where nostalgia matters to me. So I have to learn to balance the two. Yeah. It, it was great back then, and, but it also was a different time. So uh, it's, it's very difficult to separate what was with what, with what is. And that's what I mean, we're trying to do. And we don't always, we're not always successful at that. As an indie creator, and I think Pat and Chris can say the same thing too, um, that you know in those times that you're nostalgic for you know we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing right now that's very true true. well in pat's case it would be a shame not for for him (laughs) (laughs) no think about you you have to think about it this way though thanks to the internet it's really allowed a lot of people to like a lot of creative people who didn't have an avenue to you know show their work outside of going to conventions, which you know can be really expensive as you all know, and uh, it allows it allows people to meet face to face, kind of in a way anyway, face to face with editors, uh, writers, and other people. It gives you unlimited access to all these great resources, so it's making it a lot easier. I mean, look at how Dave, Chris, and I got together. You know, the whole yeah, Rolling we wouldn't even know yeah. each other. Exactly. That's true. You know, you gotta thank the internet for that, and it's it's made you know the art, the creation of comics a lot easier, and it's inspiring a lot more people to do it because you could easily put a comic online. You got the web comics now. Yeah. Yep. So there's there's a lot of you know great ways. You know, there's, the internet has done a lot of great things for creators. So it may be sucky because there's a lot of people who would you know who really have no opinion and have nothing better to say that you know. Unfortunately, you can't filter them out. Right. But at the same time, it did a lot of good for the industry and you know, for a lot of creative people as well. I've been collecting and reading comics for about 25 years. And I will say, comics are better now than they ever have been. They've matured. Yep. But that's, that's what I believe. And I think it has a lot to do with, you know, I, th- I don't think you can divorce that from... The, the current comics culture. I think it all ties in together. I, I will agree with you that on an average they're better written and drawn but there are certain milestones from the Silver Age that I don't think anyone will ever surpass but that's just my old fart way of thinking. This is uh Come on, pigs of Western civilization, eat more grease, eat, eat more marbled sirloin, more pork and gravy, lard up the dressing, fry chicken in boiling oil, carry it dribbling to gray climes, snowed with salt, little lambs covered with mint roasted in racks surrounded by roast potatoes wet with butter sauce, buttered veal medallions in creamy saliva, buttered beef by glistening mountains of French fries, stroganoffs in white hot sour cream, chops soaked in olive oil, surrounded by olives, salty feta cheese, followed by Roquefort and Blue and Stilton, thirsty for wine, beer, Coca-Cola, Fanta, Champagne, Pepsi, Retsina, Arak, whiskey, vodka, ah! Watch out, heart attack, 
pop some angina pills, order a plate of bratwurst, fried franker frankfurters, fried frankfurters, couple billion wimpies, McDonald burgers to the moon and burp. Salt on those fries. Boil onions, even breaded mushrooms, even zucchini in deep, hot Crisco pans. Turkeys die only once. Look nice next to tall white glasses, sugar milk, and ice cream vanilla balls. Strawberry for sweeter color milkshakes with hot dogs. Forget green beans. Every day a few carrots. A mini big spoonful of salty rice will make do. Make the plate pretty. Throw in some vinegar pickles, briny sauerkraut. Check your cholesterol. Swallow a pill and order a sugar cream donut. Pack two under the size 44 belts. Pass out in the vomitorium, come back, cough up strands of sandwich, still chewing pastrami at Katz's Delicatessen. Back to Central Europe and gobble kielbasa in Woj. Swallow salami in Munich with beer. Liverwurst on pumpernickel in Berlin. Greasy cheese in a three-star hotel near Syntagma. On white bread thick buttered. Set an example for the developing nations. Salt, sugar, animal fat, coffee, tobacco, schnapps. Drop dead faster. Make room for Chinese guest workers with alien soybean curds, green cabbage and rice. Africans, Latins with rice, beans and calabash can stay thin and crowd in apartments for working class food freaks. Not like Western cuisine, rich in protein, cancer, heart attack, hypertension, sweat, bloated liver and spleen, megali, diabetes and stroke. Monuments to carnivorous civilizations presently murdering Belfast, Bosnia, Cyprus, Nagorno-Karabakh, Georgia, or mailing love letter bombs in Vienna, or setting houses afire in East Germany. Have another coffee. Here's a cigar. And this is a plate of black forest chocolate cake. You deserve it. Isn't it ironic that the very best thing about the hobby, which is the community, is also the worst? Oh, yeah. That's true. Double-edged sword. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people hide behind the, the anonymity of a screen name. I mean, a lot of people post as, you know, these... Uh, sometimes they even post as the characters, actually. Which is hilarious. <laughs> and instead of coming in their real name. Like, you should see some of the guys like, you know, posting character. They're, they're hilarious. Especially the Batman guys. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I always liked uh, Pink Hulk. Uh, I'll say Pink that Hulk Pink Hulk, you can't go wrong with Pink Hulk. Greatest character ever. Pink Hulk was awesome. I really miss Pink Hulk. Oh, wow. So let's talk about something that I found very surprising, which is the current Back in Black storyline. Mm. Now, David and I were going over this a little bit on our own time. And I was very surprised that the Peter Parker that we saw in Amazing Spider-Man, um, the first part of the Back in Black, what number was that? 539. 539 is not the same Peter Parker that's in Friendly Neighborhood and, and Sensational. He, he's extremely driven in Amazing to locate the person who shot Aunt May. Almost maniacal. I mean, he threw a Jeep. At, at, at a building <laughs> and then you have him in in friendly neighborhood and sensational just you know business as usual wisecracking and you know jumping around and having a good time I thought as a a sub event to what's going on in the Marvel Universe that this would maybe have been planned out a little better is it an uh, event though I mean 
No, it's just I it's just so a way to, just... To, to trade dress the the issues. Yeah, yeah and it's I just a way to put it back in that costume. Yeah, the right especially in time for the movie. Yeah, I, I'm thinking as far as Friendly Neighborhood. Now, I, I read the second part of this whole um, multiple Spider-Man Calvin Zabo story last night. Um, I won't go into the whole what the hell happened to Medina only one issue and now we're on the guy that did Frontline, but the that Peter Parker was not jovial. He wasn't wisecracking. He wasn't jumping around. He went and met Kurt Connors, and then he went underground, and he was he met with Reed. So he he wasn't he wasn't wisecracking in this issue. He did talk about May, and getting shot. Now I'm not sure when. I'm I'm trying to figure out because I'm going to read Friendly Neighborhood, um, if not tonight when we're done here, then tomorrow. But yeah, he was a little bit more. Um, maybe it was a friendlier tone as far as amazing went, but he, I'm, I'm thinking that the timeline, and, I, and since I haven't read the new Avengers yet, I, I can't say the timeline. I don't know if it's happening. Well, obviously, sensational is happening either right around now or sometime after May got shot. But we might be reading Friendly Neighborhood too soon, like. Amazing is happening right now, and then I'm thinking Friendly Neighborhoods going is like the story that's going to take place towards the end. Five issues of Amazing. Also, the um, I'm looking at the ratings. Amazing is rated T, and Friendly Neighborhood is rated A. And I think that uh, okay, Sensational is rated A as well. So I think that might have to do with some of the tone as far as how Peter Parker's acting in the book. Right. But the thing that gets me is his surrogate mother is in a coma from an assassin's bullet. And he he's all hopped up to, to bring this person to justice. Would he be wasting time with the Sandman and Kurt Connors? It's not a crossover event single storyline though. Right. No, it's not. Because I'm, not, I'm only reading Amazing, so but I would think that if I were... You know, if it's not one storyline, then I don't want to read. If I if I were reading more than one Spider-Man title, I don't want to read the same thing in each one, where he's going after you know the guy in each one. I mean, what would be the point of having different Spider-Man titles? Which, what I assume, each one is supposed to have a slightly different tone with different writers and different artists. You know, you don't want to read the same story. Right. That's that's what. It's it's not exactly planned all that well. I don't really think it's a planning. It's just that they don't really. They just want. It's. I think it's just a cosmetic change for the other ones. I mean, and these other stories could be taking place any other time. And I'm. I'm thinking that yeah, especially in Sensational, I could. You. You could have him wearing the red and blue suit. The black has absolutely nothing to do with the storyline. Yeah, it's just there. It just looks cool. Yeah. So yeah, you guys actually read amazing. I just look at it. <laughs> no, I read it. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, come I'm on, sorry. Pat. You know. You know. You get it from Garney. Oh, it's I, I'm only, I only buy it for Garney, actually. And, oh, uh, come on. And and the no, JMS and, and and the JMS May Fitzgerald typos. Well, that <laughs> was given that. to him. That was uh, well, at least I read. I guess it's a second hand, but that was given to him specifically by the editor. When by the editor, yeah. Right. But um, I've enjoyed uh, JMS's Spider-Man stuff. I think he's a great writer, and he writes some great stories. Not everything yeah, he's written for that is is great, but he has. 
he's got those characters down, and he knows how to write those characters, and I really enjoy his stuff. He's what got me back into Spider-Man, actually, when I yeah. started well, his well, run. I, 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 I liked him, but I think after Romita left, it's been kind of hit or miss. Well, that's because you went from, from Romita to Diodato, so... Yeah. I like Diodato, but the thing is, I, I don't know, maybe the stories weren't suited for Diodato, and, you know, it's been hit or miss since then, and then I, you know, came back and started reading again because of Civil War and Ron Garney, and uh, I stuck around, and I'm still picking up Amazing just because I want to look at Ron Garney's work. <laughs> I, I don't think Ron Garney has ever been better than he is now. Oh, yeah. Oh, hey. Reinhold is doing an amazing job with the guy, that's why. I mean, he's... He, Garney is great. Like like a lot of pencilers, Garney is great when he's got a really good inker with him. And I've seen Garney without an inker, and it's not as lean, it's not as clean. It, it's... It's just it's, Garney and Reinhold are just a great team. They they are, but um, Garney's Green Arrow was really good. Yeah, he was also teamed with Reinhold back then too. Yes. Okay. So, uh, so last the, time I think it, it, I saw Garney developed. by himself. So that just Garney. reinforces what David said. Damn, Thank you. damn me Thank to hell. <laughs> but, but the but, last uh, time I saw Ron, Ron's a really good storyteller. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's got some great page layouts. Yeah. And uh, you've got, actually, there's uh, there's some really cool uh, Ron Garney art, and uh, there's a uh, this hardcover book that just came out from Image. It's a uh, Drink and Draw Social Club mm-hmm. book. Yeah. Oh, I he saw that solicited. Few, okay. Yeah, he has a few pieces in there. I've seen the actual book, and he <coughs> he draws some cool uh, drinking sketches. Well, Amazing is definitely the best out of the three, and uh, I think it's the flagship. Well, no. Okay. <laughs> I, and. Uh, I think that's saying a lot when you're up against Peter David, who is extremely talented. Yeah. But, and this ties into something else David and I talked about. In light of the uh, pending 350 cover price, I mean, I think it's just a matter of time. What I'm doing is I'm singling out Marvel series that I can't do without, and the ones I can, I'm going to be waiting for the trade on those. And it doesn't hurt when I do that with Marvel because Marvel has an amazing track record of putting out collected editions not too long after the arc has finished. And it, it being the, the number one publisher as far as profit margin, not profit margin, I'm starting to sound like Wood now, the, the uh, market share, <laughs> it's not going to really put a big dent in Marvel's earnings if I wait for the trade. But if I did that with, say, Godland, or invincible, that criminal. or criminal, right? You, you, you're playing with fire there because while I'm waiting for the trade, it may never show up because I didn't buy the monthly. So what I'm going to do with Marvel is I'm going to stick with Amazing because I have a run from issue say twenty some up. I'm not going to break my streak of Amazing, and I'm going to get maybe Fantastic Four because again I have. A near complete run, but the the sub books like Friendly Neighborhood and Spect and Sensational, and say you know the Namer miniseries. I'm not going to touch them until they're collected. And the money I would have spent on those comics, I'm going to funnel back into the independent comics, which I think is it's a win win situation for everybody. I I get my Marvel books, albeit a bit later, and I get a nice cross section of indie comics that I was putting on hold or neglecting entirely because of trying to read everything Marvel. So, yeah. Are we all warm and fuzzy? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I was, I was, 
I might be. Is it any of your business what I'm doing? Is it? No, I don't think it is. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I want to tell you a story. And it's not funny. Just stop laughing right now. This is a very traumatic story. Listen, listen. Will you listen, child? Would you please stop ruining my moment? Jesus, sit down. Sit down. This is not funny. I was riding on the bus. I was coming home from a hard day at the office. I have to sit there all day and type. It's very strange. Okay? Stop it. Look at this is my spotlight, okay? Sit there. And just don't make don't make a sound, okay? I'm telling you this is very important to me. Hey, little man, you shut up too. Just stop it. Alright, just listen. This is why I never had children. Okay? I'm on the bus and I felt something in my stomach. I don't know what it was. But by the time we got to forty third and whatever, I don't pay attention to medicine. I I had dinty more stew in my pants. It was horrible. Stop laughing, I was crying. I was sitting there crying because I sit in my own stink on the bus. And there I was sitting there, and it was terrible, and people were going like this from where the smell was coming from. And it was coming from me, okay? And my pants are leaking, I'm sitting on the bus. I was like, what in the hell am I going to do? They were originally tan, but now they were just some kind of awful brownness coming out of there. So I, I, I was my stop, and here I am, oh Lord. What? Leave it alone. Just stop it. I'm telling you my story and you're ruining it. I don't care if you're three years old, alright? I'll put you through a wall. Just stop. So I got off the bus and people are looking because my pants are leaking all over the place. I'm just like, Mr. Look at where I'm going, where I've been, man. Because there was a trail of But be honest, it was poop. It was just poop. It was coming out of me, okay? I won't yeah, lie. Yeah, I did. I was like squirting with her sheets all over. Well, anyway. Uh, yeah. And then by the time I got home, Jesus, my pants were all dried and crusted on me and my record was, was just... It was hurting, okay? You people have no sympathy. I have sympathy. I have a lot of sympathy, but... Not for children because you're, you're evil. When they were walking, when the person I'm not your father. Don't call me dad. <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> it's not funny. It's what the hell is the yo-yo ball? Um, sir. What? A woman. I don't know what you are. What do you need? Um, when the person was walking home with their big green ball on them. Yes, I was like Pink Pink from Charlie Brown, only with shit instead of ducks. It was terrible. Look at Mister. If you want to see your next birthday, who is? It's a boy. Look at him. You're ugly as sin. Your uh, your parents should have been slapped for having you. Uh, your your parents have been kicked for killed for having Look you. Look at him. Look at the mouth. Stop. You're gonna bang into the cabinet. You just cut it out. I'm out of here. No, don't leave me. I don't love you. I was I was looking over um like what I'm 
based on today's releases. And I mean, I'm looking at things like, okay, I can probably, as much as it would kill me to wait on that text artwork, I can probably get Ghost Rider and trade. Um, New Universal, I think I'm, I'm probably going to be done once this arc is done. Um, Nova, I'm getting the first issue. Maybe I'll get the first couple. That was a and good if, read, by the way, Nova. Was it? Excellent. Yeah, that, um, I can't wait for the trade on that one, so I, that's, I'm getting that's, the monthly. Right, so, I mean, and, but I mean, like, Spider-Man Fantastic Four, did I need to buy those single issues for the next four months, or could I have waited for the trade? Wolverine Origins? I'm not sure. I'm like I'm. I actually I'm liking Wolverine Origins a lot more right now than I'm liking Wolverine. I'm I'm leaning more towards what Pat was saying back when issue 50 came out when we were driving to the airport. <laughs> I told and you so. You did, buddy. You did. I I read I read the latest issue or I read um whatever issue came in the DCBS box last a uh, couple weeks ago, but 52. I <laughs> I don't. I yay Black Panther was in it. But I don't. I mean, I don't want to review the book right now. But it was. I'm not sure how much longer I'm going to be reading Wolverine, which sucks because I've I've got a real nice run of Wolverine. Well, there, there's certain Marvel titles that you simply can't wait for the trade, even even though they they come out quickly. Like Captain America and Daredevil, if you wait for the trade on those, once again, there's a chance because they're not mega sellers, although they should be. There's a chance that and Cap is now right. Well, and and it deserved <laughs> to be since issue one, but everybody just caught up too late. Uh, there's a, a chance you may not see them at all. So I, I try to single out the must-haves and the gee, you know, I like these books. I I really enjoy reading three Spider-Man titles a month, but do I really need three Spider-Man titles a month? And and, and the same with say uh, the X-Men. I, I think the best X books now are the ones that really nobody's paying a whole lot of attention to, like New X-Men and, and X-Factor. But Bru- X-Factor is amazing. Right. Uh, Brubaker's Uncanny is really good, but it's not Daredevil. So I think when the, new, when the latest arc ends, I'm just going to be picking up X-Men and Uncanny in trade, even though y- you have uh, Umberto Ramos and Chris Piccolo and and uh, great artists on X-Men. I can wait for that, but I can't wait for Daredevil, and I can't wait for Cap. Right. So, it, and it, it's, it's odd because, in effect, what I'm doing is I'm, it's survival of the fittest as far as comic books go. You, you push the ones that are absolutely essential to you every month, and then the ones that maybe, you know, I like this, but I'm not going to die if I don't read it right when it comes out. So it's 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 kind of uh, I'm I'm actually benefiting from this in a way. Do you guys do the same thing? I mean, do you allow yourself a certain amount of dollars every month, or do you just order whatever? I just order whatever, honestly. I just yeah, I just get whatever. Yeah. How do you do it, Dave? You you don't Uh, like you know I just I just go to the uh, I just go to the shop and uh, buy what I want. Uh, I don't order, order, you know, I have a pull list, uh, which gets longer and longer, but um, I don't read as much stuff as as, uh, you guys do, quite honestly. Because you're working. (laughs) What's that? Because you're working in comics. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, But, um, um, what was I trying to 
No, I mean I should, but uh, uh, every it seems like every month I spend more on comics, and I'm always picking up new things. Um, but I I try to, um, you know, I don't need every Marvel title. I don't need every superhero title. Um, even if they're good, a lot of them is like, well, if it's not anything that's that new, you know, that's the, if, if it's not, you know, if it's just, if somebody will say, well, it's a well-crafted story, I'll be like, okay, what else does it have? I, I need something else, because I've got plenty of well-crafted stories, I, I need a little extra now. But the waiting for the trade idea, uh, I used to do that more. Uh, I was doing that when I was getting back into comics, and I was picking up trades, you know, just to catch up. And then I would switch to monthlies. <laughs> now I want to go the other way, where I've got to start picking up some, some trades. But I was reading Captain America on, in trade uh, until 25 came out, and I was like, well, i got to get this one, and now I'm going to pick it up monthly. So I'm kind of going backwards. I don't know. I'm just screwing myself, what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna throw me in debtor's prison uh, soon, so get as much of me as you can now. <laughs> <laughs> Run out and buy your copy of Fiendish Fables, and if your local comic store didn't get it today, then damn it, order it. They're a lousy store yeah. if you didn't get it, man. My store got their copies, and I got punch them in the face. I'm happy with my <laughs> copy. Yeah, take Chris Switches so he can punch him in the face. Yeah, we will right. punch him <laughs> in the face, run into every retailer store, kick him in the chode, wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pick up that book. You know, I think that's the very first time anyone has said chode on our podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I am, I am, I am happy that. I think that only Chris or Tim proud. would use that word anyway. I, I love that word. That's one of my favorite words of all time. Chode. Although, <laughs> whenever I talk to Marty, I usually combine it with smoker. So you know, Marty is the chode smoker. Chode smoker. Wait, I thought you guys were talking about the guy from the Star Jammers. <laughs> Never <mind. laughs> See, that was a good one. Yeah, but keeping it I don't get it. <laughs> 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 so another thing I do is I'll compare books across companies. Like, in my opinion, Image right now is probably one of the best comic companies out there, if not the best. And I know this is a Marvel-centric podcast, but I have to give Image credit. They publish a lot of stellar books. And if it was a matter of getting Godland every month or getting, say, uh, Friendly Neighborhood, you know which one is going to go. Because Godland is just incredible where Friendly Neighborhood is exciting and it's a very good read. But it's nowhere near what Joe Casey's doing on, on Godland. And it's almost unfair to compare them. But when you have a budget of, say, like $120 a month for comics, you have to pick and choose these days. Yeah, that's like when uh, we were talking about Criminal before. It's like, man, you know how many books I would drop just to read Criminal? Yep. Yeah. You know, I would, that book is so good, I would drop like five titles, you know, off but of my criminal is, like, well, it, these, these are good, but Criminal costs $8 an issue. Well, <laughs> I'll $8 an issue. But, you know, you, well, don't let them so hear you. I don't eat that day. But it's, But how long does it take you? To read that issue of Criminal, I mean, never mind the fact that you're reading everything, every word that Brubaker is written. I don't measure it by you, time. No, okay. I know. I, I know. Vince has talked in the bat in the past about like, okay, yeah, it takes me like eight minutes to read a comic, and what it was two ninety nine. But not only do you have Brubaker writing it, you have that phenomenal Sean Phillips artwork, but you get so much. You just get stuff after you're done reading the comic book. You have all that back matter, and and this goes back to what Vince says about you know finishing a comic book in less than ten minutes. It's like 
I can take my time with criminal. And, you know, if, if you look at it, if it was eight bucks and, you know, you thought it was money well spent, that's great. But if I'm going to spend three bucks for an issue of Friendly Neighborhood or of Detective Comics or of you know, any other comic book and, and you finish it in eight minutes and, you know, and maybe this is unfairly attacking DC, but you know what? I read the letters pages. It's part of the comic book. You know, whether I paid for it or not, you know, if I want to say it like that, but if, if the letters pages are there, I'm reading it. I could care less what the hell Dan Didio found in his paperclip container or what's scribbled on his blotter. I, I, I like to know what, what people are thinking about the comic and, and there are so many places where I think that some of the publishers are just dropping the ball that that will make it very easy for someone to tra- to switch over to trades. Well, it's almost like buying a DVD and paying no attention to the extras, which enhance your experience on the subject matter. So, yeah, I read the letters pages, too. That's what they're there for. I mean, if you were, they weren't meant to be read, they wouldn't be in the book. True. But as far as the time it takes to read a comic usually a, a comic that takes 10 minutes or less is probably one long fight scene i don't want to read a 22 page fight scene that's not Wolverine. A, that's not shut up that's not a <laughs> that's not a story you know but there's more going on in wolverine but i can't show me where <laughs> before in the back issues <laughs> when rucka was writing it whereas with invincible there are some times that that comic would take under 15 minutes to read, but once you hit that letters page, same thing as Savage Dragon. Eric Larson prints a hell of a lot of letters in each issue, which is, it just adds to the enjoyment of the title for me. So, it's not so much a uh, a time limit thing, where it is and it's not. I, I don't want to cut anybody short because the Nuff Said issues, some of them were really good and they only took five minutes to read. Yeah, you're right. No, and you're absolutely right. I mean, like Dave said, he doesn't judge it by how long it takes. And, and I don't want, I mean, again, though you said last week you have Ethan Van Skyver who may have spent a day or a day and a half doing a splash page that someone's going to say, oh, okay, cool. Let me see who did this issue. And they read the credits box and they look at the caption and they read the word balloon and then they turn the page. Regardless of how much time the artist spent on that page around those panels, once you read it or look at the picture, you move on. So, right. time well, does. Not me. I can, you know, I can, like, like Vince was saying, those, those not said issues. You know, uh, I could sit there for a half an hour. You know, I could spend like five minutes on a page before I turn it. We could, I mean, yes. I'm just yeah. oh, no. stimulated so I can. You know, I don't just read the word balloon. You know, there's a lot of people, they read the word balloon, they they see the picture so that they get what's going on in the picture, and then they move on. You know, and if if that image is really great, then I'll just sit there and stare at it, and, you know, it'll take me a while to spread from that image. And, and, and the Nuff, the nuff Said issues, they, they, they could have been 22 pages of pinups, but they still had a story to them. In the Grant Morrison New X Men issue, you had oh, that yes. whole thing yes. about 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 Gene and Emma going into his brain. You had uh, in Black Panther, Priest wrote about Iron Fist, or not uh, Iron Fist. Well, it was yeah, it was I'm, Mephisto I'm, and Iron Fisted body, but um, Black Panther versus Iron Fist. I mean, you had some really really good 
enough said issues. They were still part of the ongoing story. It's not like it was a spe- same thing with the the Bruce Jones Incredible Hulk issue where he's at the diner and you have the autistic girl. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on in those enough said issues. You really could. Those probably took some people a lot longer to read or to look at than a regular monthly 22 pages panels and captions comic book. Yeah, it probably took the artist a long time because to just put those books together. I mean, the storytelling involved, you know, without without any words, and when everything just relies on the art, it's it's a lot more difficult. I mean, you may say like you know like a lot of comics these days, like, you know, like if you read a Joss Whedon comic, for example, there he really doesn't spend a lot of uh, he doesn't really use up a lot of dialogue, or you know. There's a few other writers who, who are very minimal as far as dialogue is concerned, and, uh, and I've actually heard people complain about, oh, there's not enough like, l- there's not enough uh, dialogue in this book to be worth three dollars. And it's like, well, it's not really about the dialogue or you know how many words are in the page. It's really about the storytelling experience. Right. And sometimes that could be that could take five minutes for people. Sometimes it takes longer, depending on how you want to look at each page or study it. From uh, history. CIA, as you all know, dope, Calypso. How everybody got all enlightened by the CIA. In 1945, China was won by Mao Zedong. Chiang Kai-shek's army ran away And they're waiting there in Thailand today Supported by the CIA Pushing junk down Thailand way First they stole from the Mio tribes Up in the hills they started taking bribes Then they sent their soldiers up to Shan Collecting opium to sell to the man Pushing junk in Bangkok today Supported by the CIA Brought their jam on mule trains down to Chiang Rai That's a railroad town Sold it next to police chief Brain He took it to town on the choo-choo train Trafficking dope in Bangkok all day Supported by the CIA The policeman's name was Mr. Fowl He peddled dope, grand scale and how Chief of the Border, customs paid by Central Intelligence's USAID. The whole operation, newspapers say, supported by the CIA. He got so sloppy and he peddled so loose. He busted himself and he cooked his own goose. Took the reward for an opium load. Seizing his own hall, which same he resold. Big time pusher, a decade turned gray a Working for the CIA The whole operation fell into chaos Till U.S. intelligence came into Laos I tell you no lie, I'm a true American Our big pusher there was Fumi Nusavan All them princes in the power play But Fumi was the man for the CIA now, Toby Lafong, he worked for the French. A big fat man liked to dine and to wench. Chief of the Mio's, he grew black mud till opium flowed through the land like a flood. Communists came and chased the French away. So Toby took a job with the CIA. And his best friend, 
General Vang Pao ran our Mio army like a sacred cow. Helicopter smugglers filled long chain bars in Zhangguang province on the plain of Jars. Started in secret, they were fighting yesterday. Clandestine secret army of the CIA. All through the 60s, the dope flew free through Tenson Hood Saigon to Marshall Key. Air America followed through, transporting confiture for President Tu. All these dealers were decades yesterday, the Indo-Chinese mob of the U.S. CIA. Operation Haylift Officer William Colby saw Marshall Key fly opium. Mr. Mustard told me, Indochina desk, he was chief of dirty tricks. Hitchhiking with dope pushers was how he got his fix. Subsidizing traffickers to drive the Reds away, till Colby was the head of the whole world CIA. Subsidizing traffickers to drive the Reds away, till Colby was the head of the whole world CIA. Imagine another, um, maybe a, a drawback to an artist that's working on enough set issue is that uh, they they can't cheat or rely on a word balloon or a caption box being placed there. The panel, the the, the whole panel has to be filled up with artwork. Oh yeah, some people have cheated though. Like you know, they would use like stuff in the background. A big like, billboard. The, and the <laughs> Amazing Spider-Man issue where Aunt May was uh, sending an email out. Oh, that's true. And uh, there's, a few others. there's a few others. Uh, I mean, even that Hulk issue that you guys just mentioned earlier. I mean, there's a scene where he's exchanging uh, emails with uh, Mr. Blue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Blue, Mr. Yeah, Mr. Green, Mr. Blue. right? They're yeah. exchanging emails. And it's like, oh, okay, that kind of clued you in on what's going on. Yeah. So they, they find a way. It's, it's, I think it's kind of clever, you know, because yeah. they're in the middle of, like, you know, their own It is subtle. Lines. I do appreciate the artist's efforts, but. There's a, there's a time when too much is too much. And I think it's one of the reasons why I'm not all that hot on George Perez's stuff. Because if you have 200 characters fighting in space and he goes in and draws every single star, and I mean, that to me does nothing other than saying that George spent a lot of time on this double page spread. Because I get the gist when you have Superman punching a, a, a supervillain in the face. I know where the story's going. It's drawn really well. But then every little nuance of space with the, 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 the glittering clouds going through it and the, every star and all these planets and these ripples. and it, That to me is just overkill. It does nothing for me other than saying that George took a hell of a lot of time drawing this panel. <laughs> So you could tell a story with, you know, with uh, stick figures as long as it's good and conveys a story, you know? Right. I, I, well, I mean, like I said, I understand George is very good at what he does, and he can draw very well, but there's certain times where... Less is more. Right. Like John Romita Jr. or Ron Garney, who can tell a story very well with not a whole hell of a lot of lines, and, and they do it, you know, month in and month out they pull you into that narrative which is their job whereas when I see a double page Perez thing and there's a billion characters in it I do look at every one to see how he did it and I like to see how he went about composing the panel but ultimately that's pulling me away from the story 
But I mean, it, it just gets technical for you. That yeah, he concentrates more on the art. Right, because I mean, this is what we do. When, when, when Pat, I'm sure when you look at a, a Perez drawing, you're saying, "Wow, I like the way he did the folds in that cape." Or, or when you know, when Dave will look at an artist he appreciates, and he'll he'll get an idea of how this artist went about doing composing the panel or, or thinking about solving the, the, the author's guidelines. I do that too, but in a way that's almost like a detriment as far as we are concerned because we're not concentrating on what we should be in terms of the story and that's jumping into this narrative. Yeah, It's actually going up again. It's, it's doing the opposite of what it's trying to do. It's trying to engulf you in the story. Right? It's trying to completely consume you in the story, and instead it, it ends up shooting so far that it you know, comes back around and does the reverse, where you're, you're preoccupied with the technical aspect of it right. once again. Because one of, the, one of the reasons that a person would put a lot of detail in it is because they want to engulf you in an entire world. You know, because when you look outside, you, every detail is there. You know, and so the idea would be to put every detail in because that would be more like having the entire world around you. But it kind of goes against it because when in the real world, you focus, you know, and not every detail is part of your focus. You look at a single object, and even though everything is still around it, you're not really um, uh, paying attention to it. Right. And I would have to be branded a fool if I ever made the claim that, say, George Perez or Ethan Van Skyver and that hyper-detailed art trend are, are not good at what they do because it's, I'd be wrong. They are good at what they do. It's just not something that I enjoy. I'll read it and I can understand and appreciate the amount of effort it took, but in my opinion, I would much rather read a book by Ron Garney or John Romita Jr. or Steve, Steve Epting. Yeah. yeah. To, to me, okay. that... Yes, sir. When you get your copy of Phoenix Fables, just try not to pay attention to the fact that I drew every single brick <laughs> <laughs> and every single leaf of grass. Just try not to pay attention to that. Well, maybe it fits the story. I don't know. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. You never know. You never know. But there's there's a lot more to look at in a in a Dave Wachter wall than I think there is a, a double page George Perez space scene. <laughs> a lot more interesting things going on. Well, you're in the minority probably still in thinking that. So. Wow. <laughs> so so let's go in a different direction. Anybody have anything they want to talk about? Um. I think I think we we beat that topic to death a little bit. <laughs> uh, what was the I don't topic? Know, like, there is no topic. Awesome. Yeah. So you got something you want to get off your chest or praise or promote, make fun of someone? And, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be Marvel because we're going to branch out a little bit. We're going to have a segment called More Than Marvel, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, There is more out there than Marvel. Marvel's doing a great job. They publish a lot of great books, but how can we ignore... Great books like, say, Dark Horse's Conan. That's a fantastic title. I've been meaning to pick that up, actually. Pat, do you get I that? Because the Carry Nord I can't believe that's, that's, that's the same Carry Nord. Oh, yeah. Years ago. I know. And, uh, you know, he, his work benefits a lot from having Dave Stewart on the first, say, 30-some-odd issue. And now Richard Eisenhoff's co- coloring it. So, oh, is he? Yeah. He's, he's got a, a... There's a winning art team on that. 
Is Tim Truman still writing it? Yes, he is. Excellent. See, and, and how uh, different is that from the Tim Truman you're used to having? You know, like Scout yeah. or Hawkwell, things yeah. like that. Now Conan. It's it's a different take on the character than what Busick. Then he goes in different directions than the ones Busick tried. Okay, Bu- Busick right. was more in the Robert E. Howard vein, like by the numbers, this is the way we perceive Conan. Whereas Truman's taken it in. I don't want to say strange directions, but it's definitely got a different feel than uh, Busick's run, which is not necessarily a bad feel. It's just a little, a little different. But it's a great book if if you have an extra two ninety nine, and there's uh, you know nothing from Pat or Dave on the stands. <laughs> pick up Conan; it's really good. Wait, there are two ninety nine comics. Back in my What's going day, on here? yeah. Yeah. As long as Conan's not in a pimp suit and stuff. Yeah. No. Those, those seventies what ifs with Conan were brilliant. Oh, yeah. Those eighties what ifs. Oh yeah. You guys remember when Conan what if, got what stuck if Conan in versus Day? Thor? Oh yeah, no, no. Conan became a pimp. Yeah, That's, where he had the pimp suit on. <laughs> and he, had and the lever, he had the pet leopard, and he fought Captain America. Oh, that was some good stuff. <laughs> Man, I would have loved to be alive back then. I mean, we probably would have died from the common cold, but. Just, just. I mean, if if you ever saw a woman you thought was hot, go over there, hit her in the in the back of the head with your sword, take what you want, and walk away. You know. That's it, baby. <laughs> oh, Vince. <laughs> I am a pig. Yeah, Conan as a pimp. Brilliant stuff. What if was a great? They need they need to collect those old what ifs. I, you know, I know I know they don't have the license to do the to do Conan anymore. But it'd be nice if they could collect those great what ifs that had Conan in them. I'm surprised there wasn't a, an essential what if yet. Hmm. They're releasing the what if classics in trade. I've been picking those up. Now, are those chronological or are those just the best of? I think they're best. I, I think they're in chronological order because they're, they're they actually volume them. You know, they, they're, there's three volumes out right now, but I think they t- they're in chronological order. But I don't think they collect everything. Oh, it's okay. weird. I, I, I didn't I didn't get a chance to look at the uh, you know the uh, the contents of each book yet, as far as like you know the issue numbers and stuff. But it's I think they kind of overdid it though because the paper is way too good. Like and it doesn't kind of work with the art. And they weren't really recolored, were they? They did a trade recently for the Marvel Romance, like you know the remix thing that they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the paper for that is pretty good. It's like it's like a nice uh, happy medium between the, the newsprint and you know the slick thick paper. So the paper complements the art. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work for the What If books because they got they use really, really. Uh, High gloss. High gloss paper yeah. for, the, for the old art. I don't think it works too well. And you know what really surprised me? I saw the trade of Art Adams and Claremont's um, X-Men run, or was it the annuals, that they did the Asgardian thing? Yeah. Asgardian Wars. And they kept the coloring the same, which was really surprising because I don't want to say it's bad, but it's nowhere near what we're capable of today. Right. And, and Art Adams... When you get artwork that that's it's that fine, the detail. Uh, I think it would have been better if they you know invested a couple bucks and recolored it. Has anyone seen that trade? No, I haven't. I didn't even know they re-released. No, I, I have all the originals, so I don't need the trade. Aren't they awesome? Oh, and whenever I think was, of Art uh, Adams, I think Art of the Adams sketch I never was got. The, <laughs> the first uh, guy I ever. Uh, 
remembered who the artist's name was. Mm-hmm. He was the first one, and I think it was uh, it was either Long Shot series or it was the the Last Guardian, you know, the New Mutant special and the X Men Annual. I'm not sure which ones came first, but those were awesome. I think they should commission Adams to do one book a year because I, I bet you that's all he could probably handle. A nice 48-page one-shot once a year and keep this guy fed and keep us happy because ah, man, what a draftsman. Yeah, the well, covers for, for Avengers other... Classics aren't enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That cover. I think I want to get that poster. Actually, is, is I haven't bought a comic poster? book. Yeah, I haven't. It's in the um, latest previews. They're doing the uh, uh, the poster, poster, a poster of the um, of the cover of uh, Classic Avengers. They're making a poster out of it, and I haven't bought a comic book poster since I was probably <laughs> 13 years old. And uh, one of the first ones I had was the poster of the Classic X Men Adams one. So that would be Ooh. a nice thing, Cap. Oh yeah. Another man who's. Anyway quite adept at rendering the female form. Yeah, he's okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should have seen him, like, uh, I saw him in San Diego, I remember lining up for a sketch from him, you should have seen how long he took to draw uh, yeah. Kitty Pride's hair. <laughs> wow. Oh my god. I think he, I think he spent he's, an uh, hour just on the curls in her hair. Yeah, the reason that he doesn't do a whole lot of work, it's not because he's just sitting around not doing anything, it's he, you know, he's not fast. <laughs> you know, yeah. he could be working on it the whole time, but he's not fast. He, he took his time to do those, uh, to do those headshots. Well, you have to kick ass Loki from him. Unfortunate demise of the ABC line took him out of the spotlight a little bit because he had a regular gig going with uh, Tom Terrific, Tom Strong's Terrific Tales, or whatever the name of that book was. I have them all, but I'm horrible with with names and uh he did fantastic work on that i would like to see maybe if marvel does get that marvel comics presents up and running maybe that's somewhere we can have uh our art adams and eat them too hey guys uh, just calling in thought i'd review the initiative uh number one I, I was interested right away by this title because, I don't know, it's something about the boot camp storyline that gets me. Some people call it generic. I, I think it's just entertaining. The gauntlet is hilarious all the way through the book, and and I think some of the characters are going to be pretty interesting to see these, these not even, you know, not even C-listers or D-listers to become more prominent in the Marvel Universe, so I think trauma is going to be quite interesting. I won't give any spoilers as to why, but in case there's people that haven't read it, but I think he's going to be very interesting. The art's great all the way through. The writing's great as far as I'm concerned. So everybody who wants to read something a little bit different, check out uh, the initiative number one. Coming soon from Deception Comics, uh, Lord Zombie issue one, created by Brandon Flippin, written by me, and art done by Brandon Flippin. Uh... PM me and I'll see what I can do to get you a copy of it if you're interested. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback from it. So, uh, yeah, Lord Zombie issue one coming soon. I'm 
pretty sure that the Marvel Comics Presents thing is going to happen. I remember uh, I, when I spoke with Andy Parks the other, you know, in Seattle, he mentioned that he was inking a Jeremy Hunt short story for for uh, Marvel Comics Presents, so they just need to really announce it. And he did write, yeah, the, the interview you did with him that we, we had aired, it, uh, he did say, he did mention that he's inking Jeremy Hunt, I just wasn't sure, and he said Captain America, I just wasn't sure where that was going to appear. For Marvel Comics Presents. W- Excellent. Which, by the way, was really cool of Pat to do that. I, I, I know I, I... They were all great. Yeah, I... And, and no, I, I sounded pretty horrible. No, my no, God, no. No, you didn't. Well, in terms of production on the show, if somebody, you know, knocks on your door and, and tells you that the, I'm going to take away a third of your job on this and just give you content, you know, you don't... <laughs> no, 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 Pat, that's okay. You keep them. <laughs> it was a really nice thing to do, and, and I, I, David and I am appreciated and i'm sure all the listeners do because those interviews were awesome you did a great job on that oh thank you yeah and just remember if you go to more cons tape everything we'll run the whole thing <laughs> yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna get some good con stuff like when I, when i'm in San, when i do the san diego and then the chicago shows awesome there's, there's what is uh, what is the next convention everybody's heading to it San looks Diego. like San Diego's the, the one. Uh, Dave's going to be there. Chris is going to be there. I'll be there. And pretty much everyone from... Uh, well, I have to sell some blood to get that plane ticket, but... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the booth space is taken care of already, and uh, we're you know, we're just working out the details right now. But Fantastic. we're all set for that show. Yeah, San Diego would be nice to go to once. Yeah, at least once. You need to go there at least once in your life. <laughs> you have oh, to. Jeez. Even though you probably won't be able to walk around anymore, considering how big it got. <laughs> One of these it days, we'll make fun. the pilgrimage to to San yeah. Diego. Yeah, to Mecca. I don't know. I, I I know that you know it's been going on for so long, and it is the biggest, and and it's the one that everybody seems to want to go to. But I, I kind of like. Uh, what what might be becoming the tradition and and making my way out to Chicago? Oh, Chicago was a great show. I love it to death. I mean, it's probably I think that that show was a uh, really kind to me last year because I think I that was the show where I did you know I did really good business and, uh, and surprisingly in a year where people were complaining about how that sh- that show was pretty well some people are saying it was not it was less than stellar last year but I thought it was great. Oh, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm envious. <laughs> you, sh- you should come up there, Chris. It's great. He's just trying to get off work and all that. That's my problem. Work. Blue, blue, blue. I have a job. Blue, blue, blue. You guys have seen some of the stuff that goes on in my job, so I'm, I'm thankful that I get away with whatever I can as far as vacation time goes. <laughs> that place falls apart when I'm not there. San Diego. Yeah, we can all find out about uh, Pat's job every Thursday. Well, well not right, lately. <laughs> oh, well, yes, uh, yeah. every Thursday over at uh, webcomics.silentdevil.com. Slash Hocal. Yes. It's, uh, you actually have the whole creative team here, actually. Yeah, Dave true. does the grayscales on that thing. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're doing a great job, by the way, Dave. Oh, well, thank you very much. I know it... Uh, I haven't been real prompt with them, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's about it's about quality. Like you, you know, how people always make the argument about the late books. It's really about the quality, not not yeah. you know, not timeliness. Mm. 
Yeah, you're getting it for cheap anyway, so who cares? <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 web comics uh, are free, you know. Yes, web comics are free and they're awesome. And uh, speaking of uh, late books, uh, I was gonna segue into something, but I forgot. <laughs> yeah, he just gave me a blank stare right now. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's starting to feel like <laughs> an archaeist. <laughs> there are books that are late. Into an archaeist right now. Yeah. Um, there's a, uh, I don't know. Did, did anyone pick up their books this week? Well, David and I are DCBS, so... But we did pick well, up I'll some you stuff. Guys what's good. So everything I'm not going to ruin anything. Uh, Loners was really good. I can't wait for that. I didn't pick that uh, up. Uh, oh, well. Thanks to you guys, though, I'm slowly getting turned off on New Universal. <laughs> thanks to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love... I, I like that book so much, but I don't know, like, listening to you guys talk about the art, I'm just like, oh, I know Salvador LaRocca was is experimenting with his stuff here. That's why I but, didn't go for it, though. It, mm-hmm. kinda, it yeah, was kind of weird to me. It, yeah, I like it, what Ellis is doing. I mean, it's, it looks I, like, I like it's going story, to be a neat story, right. And it, I guess his experiment, the experiment is like casting, you know, New Universal into a movie or something. Yeah. <laughs> Well, then let no, it happen no, naturally. No, no, no. Don't do it for us. <laughs> yeah, and some of those ca- some of those uh, some of those casting uh, <laughs> needs a new a new casting director or something <laughs> because uh, some of it yeah, just it, doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I keep getting pulled out of it, especially after listening to you guys. <laughs> Gene, Gene great, so we're turning uh, people off. Come, that's okay. great. Yeah, the, no, this is just new Universal. I still like it. I still re- I try to read it. I try not to look at you know who this person looks like or what. That's my problem. And you know the thing that kills me about that book, uh, in addition to the Laroca art, why monochromatic colors for the cover? I, I think the covers are so lackluster because well, it, it, I, don't, I don't know. It's a design uh, thing. Well, I, I don't yeah. mind not. I don't mind monochromatic colors as long as you're doing something with it. Don't give me a page from the interiors. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, I don't want to see an interior page on the cover. Unless it's a second printing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and I've already bought the first printing, so who cares? <laughs> or, you know, or or yeah, or you don't want to spend to do another cover but why just take an interior splash page or or just a panel and blow it up and change the colors around on it and say that's your cover there you go <laughs> well i don't even I, mean, I guess it does it does it is a solution to the people who always say well covers never tell you what's on the inside of the book anymore well there you well, go <laughs> so there you go exactly just put a page from the inside on the outside deja vu <laughs> <laughs> as, as somebody has, who that I pride myself in spending a lot of time in, in making the covers that I do, it just kind of gets gets in my crawl, you know. It's kinda, yep, it I, I feel under it, my Dave. skin. I don't really, you know. It's like, come on, come on, guys. You're all you do a cover or get some, you know. Even if Laroca doesn't have time to do the cover, then get somebody else to do the cover. I don't mind that. Just do a nice cover for me. And he's got time to do the covers. He's doing covers for other comics. Yep. He's, he's doing. He, he's, he, I think he's, yeah. he was doing some new Excalibur cover. New Excalibur. He was doing the Mark Brook issues of L Ultimate Fantastic Four. And he's That's he's going to be get somebody else to do the covers of New York. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be working on uh, Uncanny. Uncanny with Ed. Yeah. 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 Speaking of Uncanny, this week's issue, amazing. It's it's really. Uh, I like how everything's just tying up in this story. You know, I and, dropped. Uh, I never it. really cared for these Shi'ar stories before. Yeah, I dropped it. How's the other? It, 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 I'll, I'll say, 
I'll, I'll loan you the books once the hardcover comes up. I tell you, it's, no. it's got really good when you got to the end. I started, you know, because I hadn't read Uncanny in like 10 years. And they said Brubaker, so I was like, whoa, Brubaker's awesome, so I'll, I'll pick it up. And then I got like four issues into it, and I was like, nah, I still don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I it's don't just care about really I think what had happened was like, I, I actually talked to him a, a little bit about it in Seattle, and he was talking about how like the, they experimented by having someone else do a, the four, every fourth issue and focus yeah. on the Vulcan character, and he thought that you know it. it those particular issues actually didn't end up being strong enough, and he should have just kind of uh, you know intertwined that plot line with uh, really? you know, with the other issues. Because <laughs> those are the issues I like better. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I like, I, <laughs> always has to be different. I I, it is, oh, it's, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be different, but I like the art a lot better. Oh, cl- uh, for, oh, for uh, Clayton Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, over over I man, I think I think Tan's done like, some really good work. Uh, well, he's had a year to hone it. Did not enjoy Tan's work, and I did not like his um, homage cover that he did on the uh, on one of them, and the unsighted homage. He did not cite his source. But which, which well, I, know, I know Vince loves his signature because it takes up half the cover. Yeah, look oh, at yeah. me. He put he puts <laughs> more planning and thought into his signature than he does the whole cover. You know, that goofy parchment with the holes burned in it. Like, oh, God. 1993, hello. What up? <laughs> you know the cover um, that has Professor X in the chair? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that, okay that's... Okay, that's, kinda... that's straight out of Elephant Man. Or not Elephant Man, uh, Hip Flask. Hip Flask? Yeah. Another great book <laughs> from Image. I got... I got... <laughs> <laughs> I got those hardcovers orders. Listen to the Richard Starkings interview on roundcomics.com. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, that episode oh. came out today. Yeah, part one uh, came out yes, today, sure part did. two will be Friday. Speaking of um, podcasts, I, was, I, was, uh, I just remembered um, one that was may have been in a way related to our previous subject, or our initial subject. On uh, the last episode of Indie Spinner Rack, they raised the question, are floppies dead? Okay, well, so, first of all, can, can, we, can we please refrain from using the term floppies on this show? Well, I, I use the word floppy all the time. And I I'm don't sorry, like it. I used it. You used it. Floppy, no, floppy, floppy, it, floppy, floppy. You used floppy. it last week, and I let it go. <laughs> That's better than past. Sorry, fucking dude. floppy comic books. They're monthly single issues. If we call them trade or I'm going to say monthly single issues. May I have <laughs> my, my, my order of monthly please. single issue, please? Excuse me. Can I have my monthly single issue? Instead of a floppy. I love Oh well, you know what? I love that term now. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, then you can you can enjoy flying solo. You let go of my floppy. <laughs> let go of my floppy. I don't think it's floppy anymore. Did it? Thanks to Enzite, I no longer have floppies. <laughs> oh, no. That no, damn song anyway. stuck in my head. <laughs> Hey, bullpen babies. This is Jefferson. I just got finished reading Fantastic Four, issue 544, and I was compelled to call in. This book is back on track. Hell yeah, it's back on track. McDuffie has kicked the engine. Paul Pelletier's pencils are delicious. And the story? Gravity's body is missing. Grave robbing black holes. Space folded technology. The Watcher, 
The Baxter Building is now the Wakandan Embassy. The Surfer. Deathlock. It's like got everything you want in an FF issue and more. Everyone needs to put this on their full list. I smell great things cooking in the FF kitchen, and I, for one, am not going to miss a meal. And one more thing. Won't you come home, Cinch Baby? Won't you come home? What the fuck with that? Bye. should listen to any spinner rack, and about halfway into the episode, they talk about whether the monthly single staple bound comic book is uh is here to stay or whether it's on its way out yeah and especially in relation to indies of course but it was interesting and i thought it tied into what we were talking about yeah well, i, I kind of get where they're going though because i um i myself like the path to armageddon we're you know abandoning the single issue format we're gonna go webcomic and then go release in trades after that i think it's it's a lot more it's a lot better for well, us financially what brought it up for them was the fact that um, Slave Labor Graphics, uh, uh-huh. a, a couple of their books are going um, digital. Not web comics, but digital download, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, like uh-huh. Uh, the, the book uh, Midnight Sun um, was going, they had done three issues, but now they're going straight digital download. And, um, and then they'll go to trade. Which is a, a really good idea. Especially at the prices they're offering them. I popped over to the slave labor graphics and you can get the first couple issues of Rex Libris for like 89 cents a piece yeah but I tell you I will I won't like that's my favorite book from them Rex Libris is an amazing book and I love it I agree one of my favorite titles just an incredible book and they're going to keep that one going on monthly from what I understand which is good because otherwise I would just have to wait for the trade on it and that's tough because, in a way, monthly comics for me are sort of like a credit card in that I can buy the story for $3 a month instead of having to lay down $15 all at once. I may end up paying a little bit more in interest, but I don't have to throw down all the money, which I don't currently have, all at the same time. So I was actually thinking, man, if Rex Libris went that way, I would just be, you know, I wouldn't be downloading the... The, the digital format. I don't mind reading my comics. That way. I, I don't mind web comics because they're specially formatted for the for the web, and they're usually sort of quick and and one page is sort of a whole bit, you know, and things like that. And that's fine with me. But I'm not going to download a PDF and read my comics that way. It's just it's not happening. <laughs> so you're you're just you're a floppy kind of guy. <laughs> I'm a floppy kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> he likes his floppies. He likes the floppies. Hey, I'm secure with myself enough to say that. <laughs> you're even you're down with floppies. <laughs> I mean, that's just the, I just I don't like reading comic books in that format on the computer. You know, web comics is a different thing, but downloadable comics on a PDF, and then they say, "Oh, well, you can print them out yourself." Oh, great! It only cost me five dollars worth of ink and paper. <laughs> And then I gotta staple it myself, and it looks like crap. And I paid twice as much. <laughs> so that sucks. What if someone perfects an e-reader in the exact same dimensions as a comic book? Uh-huh. Would you then consider 
reading them on I that? I would probably be, to tell you the truth, I'm the, I would probably be one of the last people who would ever buy the thing. Just because I'm not a tech geek. And so being a tech geek requires a certain amount of uh, fiduciary security that I don't have. Mm. So, <laughs> you like that? I do. But, um, <laughs> but so I'm always, I mean, I don't, you know, no cell phone, no TiVo, you know, no cable TV. You know, it's just like I got to keep the living slim, and I actually sort of prefer it that way, even if I had maybe I had a lot of money. I don't like having a lot of stuff. I don't blame you. Boxes of comic books. But it's different when you've got paper stuff as opposed to stuff that electronic stuff that costs you thousands of dollars and then breaks down and you can have repairs and blah, 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 blah. You know. So basically, I'm going to be moving out to a cave in Montana pretty soon. <laughs> well, as a culture, we do consume a hell of a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Way too much. Then if you take a couple steps to, to trim some of that fat out of your life, you probably wouldn't even miss it. But that's a, a subject for another podcast, I guess, not ours, where the uh, the name of the game is buy every Marvel title and just, you know, keep buying. So <laughs> but, yeah, I agree with you, Dave. So there there you have it. I think... So what else you guys been reading? Uh, let's see. Has anybody... Did you guys read Scalp? No. No? I heard it's very good. Oh my god. Issue number four was just incredible. And overall, this series has been great. Jason Aaron that's, is going to be a new force in comic. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to wait for DC to push that first trade at nine ninety nine, which has been the norm, and I'll, I'll probably jump on then. Well, I'm, I, I mean, it's, I, I don't know how it's selling. I hope it does well. Um, I know everybody assumes that Vertigo goes to trade, but they don't always. Which is where I think DC has the edge on Marvel because DC doesn't push the trades as quickly as Marvel. So if you are cognizant of that, you will buy the mo- the monthlies because you're you never know if they're going to put the trade out or not. Whereas Marvel has a track record of pushing these things v- on time every for almost every series. But that's good. But that's I think that maybe that's good for them. But I'm the consumer, so I want it to be good for me. You know? Right. Whereas for with me, more choice is better, and I, I want the choice of being able to have the trade. You know. Okay. But I, as far as the market goes, DC's probably making out a little better by not publishing the trades quickly. They're they're, they're probably moving more fl- more floppies <laughs> than. <laughs> <laughs> Does that limit their? Um, does that somehow limit their customer base? I mean, right. uh, trades have more of a likelihood of going out to a um, bookstore and, and attracting new readers, whereas um, you stick with the with the monthly single issues, <laughs> and um, you're basically just it's sort of like you're playing to your base, you're preaching to the choir, you know, right? You're keeping it all within the same group of people, you know, and you're just trying to keep hold on to those people without without venturing outside. I think it's pretty safe to say that Sandman would not have the following it does if they didn't publish those things in trades. And quickly. And all those mopey teenagers dressed in black. Yeah. 
Well, I didn't. I didn't say it was good. I just said it was. <laughs> it was popular. It's a. It's a. Is everybody still here? Is it just you and me, Vince? No, we're still here. Yeah, great. Unfortunately, I think we're going to have to say goodbye to two of our wonderful guests. Yes, unfortunately, we have to go. We have work to do. Yeah, we're going to get right back on it. What's that? What, what do you guys do when you hanging out? You want to hang out? <laughs> oh, hey, man. Uh, well, yeah. You want to you want to hit up uh, Dick's Last Resort? Oh. Yeah, dude, no. <laughs> Do a little dance. I'll be over. Paper. We'll go somewhere. We'll hang All out. All right, we'll pick you up in like a couple minutes, man. Uh, you're okay, still I'll be on the. Um, I should be there in about. Uh, let's see. If I go up to the airport now, I can be there in like uh, six hours. Is that cool? That kind of works, man. We'll we'll wait for you there. We'll get a late night. <laughs> All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Pat no, and Chris, no for being thank with you us. Guys. We got to do this again. Yes, come back soon. Yeah, we'll. Uh, We'll probably do this again uh, when uh, I get this guy over here and we can uh, talk longer and stuff. Awesome. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Guys. It has. Thanks for being here. We'll see you. Right. Thank you, guys. Love you, Dave. I love you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, dude. Hugs and kisses. Yeah. Keep okay. buying those floppies. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it hard. <laughs> Hard covers, man. How about, so, how about soft covers, man? The trays. Tra- I'm, I'm all about Those being hard. Yeah. Uh, over, I mean, oversized hard covers. Yes, oversized, oversized and hard. Okay. All right. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Looks, it looks like, and then there were three. Da da da. I'll keep using the term floppies. There'll only be two. <laughs> It bothers you don't understand how much I despise that fucking term. I don't know who the fuck came up with it. It makes no flop goddamn it, sense. It, it, oh, it, it does make it. it does make no, sense no, because no, when no, you hold it in your hand, of, no bullshit, bullshit. Then why why did we just start using it then? We just start using it. We have trades and hardcovers, and instead of calling it even Miller with the fucking pamphlet, that's somewhat better. But the fucking call them floppies. These aren't discs. Wait, pamphlet? What am I? What am I? They're trying to convert me to a religion. Yes, or it's a brochure. Yeah, come come look at my timeshare. I just I, they're fucking they're comic books. Call them singles. Call them monthlies. Call them whatever you. They, I can't they, they're issues. That but yes, that term. So passionate about this, he has dropped that the term like five times. I know. That term just <laughs> that I. The term just I don't. I, I wish I had the little the little Sal Hulk emoticon going on right now. You know what? You know what? You've asked for this, but your new nickname is David Floppy. Right. <laughs> so then you don't want me to respond to you, then that's fine. That's right. Okay, Floppy. I love it. All right. <laughs> How's it hanging, Floppy? <laughs> this is called Berate the Host. <laughs> I read Madman's Atomic Comics tonight, the first issue from Image. I picked it up. I haven't read it yet. His it looks really cool. Yeah, Laura Allred is doing some funky new stuff with the coloring. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. I haven't read any um, Madman. I'm not even sure I've read any Allred. Ever? No, I don't think so. When did Allred come on to the scene, so to, so to speak? Oh, I, I have I have his first comic book. It's called Dead Air, and it was a black and white job by. The publisher escapes me, and I would say real early nineties. If maybe maybe even eighty nine. There you go. Because Mad Madman was also one of the um, 
he was one of the creators that that teamed up with Miller and Byrne and Mignola and formed uh, Legend, right. the Underdark Horse. But Madman was jumping See, from. All, uh, I stopped reading comics in the nineties. Uh, that's why I was never exposed to his stuff. Like he did uh, Ecstatics, right? Yep. Yes, he did. That came out. That started coming out when I was getting out of comics. So. Well, it's good I'm to have good. you back. Well, it's good to be back. <laughs> I, I, I did like his story from that we talked about last week from uh, Fantastic Four, the the Stanley story. Mm-hmm. That was that, that that was good, and Laura did not color that. But um, Alra didn't draw that. He inked it, right? Which his style is so recognizable, you can't help but think he drew right. it. But yeah, but I, I, she didn't color that. No. Who colored it? Hmm. Edit that in later. Yeah. So I uh, killed a uh, homeless person today. Excellent. You killed a homeless person. They put up a big fight. (laughs) What's that? They put up a big fight? No, I make sure they don't. That's why I kill homeless people, because they don't put up much of a fight. Unless you pay them to fight, then they they will. I actually know she did. Well, that's for my YouTube videos. The bum fights. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Nick Dragota drew it, but okay. So Laura, they, they do have Laura as the colorist here. She, he, Oliver did something recently that she did not color. Hmm. Could have sworn it was in story. I'll have to look that up. Who knew that Pat and Chris were holding the show together? I know it, we've we've crumbled, <laughs> but that's okay. Oh. It was a rigid, tight production before, and now it's kind of floppy. Floppy. Enjoy it. That's fine. Enjoy it. So, is this just floppy in general? I mean, can you not say floppy at all? What if I said, geez, these sneakers are kind of floppy? That would be okay. I don't. You don't like it in relation to comics. I'm a fan of it in the context of single comic. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. That works. So, I'll just use floppy everywhere. (laughs) Because I could stop you otherwise. I think we know what this episode's going to be subtitled. Yeah, I have to, I have to put it up on the site though, so maybe maybe, maybe you might want to think about that. It's it's so easy. It's one word. It doesn't even take much effort to say, and it's so effective. What, what do you think about this uh, new Marvel Illustrated line? Interested in that at all? Well, I think if it gets children to read some of these classic works, then great. And if it... You're not going to pick up, like, Last of the Mohicans or... Well, no, I don't think so. Unless they get some huge name to do them. Like, if if Frank Miller does In Cold Blood... Well, right. (laughs) Well, Roy Thomas is adapting uh, Treasure Island. Yeah. Yeah, they're come. I mean, they're not even finishing the last of the Mohicans before they come out with their second title. And last No, they're they're bringing them out at the same time. Well, I think well, last of the Mohicans going to have one issue, and then they're when the second month is when Treasure Island will come out. So they're going to be done in one. No, no, because last of the Mohicans I think is six issues. Oh man, that's odd. Well, if it's a way to get the name Marvel into public schools. Through the collected editions, that's great. More, more power to them. I remember 
well, here we go again. But I remember their first stab the at the. Classics Illustrated. That w- they Gil Kane. I mean, they were awesome comics. Mm-hmm. They, they were really good, and then Dark Horse did it, and had some success with it. But uh, I thought you were going to say, and then they weren't. <laughs> Have Dark you, Horse did it, and then they sucked. Now, see if they got someone like Bill Sienkiewicz who did Moby Dick, I'd buy that in a second. But I already have, uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I just wish they would put some good talent on the on the art, like some real somebody. They don't have to be a name, but just somebody that's really good that I would really want to see. And, because you know, I would pick up something. You know, I would pick up Lassie Mohicans. If, if, if they got Alex Maliev doing the cover, if he was doing the whole book, I'd pick that up in a second. Right. Or got, like, people I've never heard of, and then they show. Let's see, they've got a page in the previews from the, the Treasure Island one, and it, you know, I mean, it looks, the art, it's not bad, but it doesn't, it doesn't make me want to pick it up. Oh, well. Yeah, there was, but the, the Dark Horse run, there was a lot of really exceptional talent on that run. I think Gon Wilson did uh, The Raven, didn't... Kyle Baker do Alice in Wonderland. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Sh- I'm pretty sure. Um, Rick Geary, Scott Hampton. There was just one was better than the, the the next. But I think that's what Marvel should be shooting for. But I don't think the target audience would care who's drawing the book. Yeah. I I think the target audience is that eventual child who is given this in lieu of a actual <laughs> novel. It's just a gateway. Yeah. Gateway. And and that's great. Yeah. You said, do I'm me. I'm just looking for other kinds of stories, you know. I mean, I would love to... <laughs> do me. I wanted, him to, I wanted you to do me. <sighs> but not that way. Yeah. I want to make sure it wasn't Eclipse that did them and, and not Dark Horse. Oh, well, whatever. You can edit that in later. Yeah, I just want to... <laughs> You're dragging me down, man. Oh, my God. It's 5 till midnight. It's 5 till 1. Yeah, but you'll probably go to uh, bed when you're done here. You got work to do? Oh, yeah. I've always got work to do, dude. Are you kidding me? What do you, what do you have to do? Um, I am re-inking issue one of Skirt Tissue. Oh, cool. I can't wait to um, see the changes, the differences. Yeah, it's because I'm re-inking it, and then it, it turns out that I'm sort of redrawing it, too. But, uh... <laughs> Because funny how that works. Through, uh, yeah, you know, because I'll, I'll start, I'll look at the page and I'll just be like, oh, that's, that's terrible. How did I ever draw that? And I'll just redraw it and then ink it. So this is for when it goes to trade, when we have the trade paperback. You're, you're constantly growing as an artist. Oh, well, can't just be floppy all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's let Dave go and uh, finish his scar tissue, and we're, we will certainly keep an eye out for that. We have no idea what's going to be happening next episode. Whatever, maybe something will occur between now and then that we'll talk about. But we had scheduled to talk about current Marvel comics that we enjoyed, so maybe we'll do that next time. Yeah. Well, thank you, David, for. <laughs> Thank you for... Oh, I know what I want to do. And Dave was kind enough to say that he enjoys my introductions on uh, 
on our forum. This episode's intro, for those who care, was a tribute to Allen Ginsberg, who died 10 years ago this month. And the, the audio snippets that you've heard through this episode were more examples of Allen Ginsberg doing what he does best, moving words around, and uh, God bless him. It's been 10 years. It seems like only yesterday, but you may not um, agree with his lifestyle or his take on the world or the way he presents his information, but God, you got to admire the guy's uh, enthusiasm and the way he could push words around. And uh, so there you go. A little bit of information for those of you who are wondering, what the hell was that in the beginning? (laughs) That was actual audio clips from Alan's funeral. Anything to add, David, before we pull the plug on this? Proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Yes, we are. At long last. We we never never actually mentioned, unfortunately, but yeah, we uh, set by comicspodcast.com to get a uh, to get a glimpse of all of the other wonderful comics related podcasts that are affiliated with the Comics Podcast Network. I think the classics illustrated were published by uh, Eclipse. So just pretend I didn't say Dark Horse. Cool. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for being here with us, Mr. Dave Wachter. Look for Scar Tissue. Check out Fiendish Fables. It's worth the effort. Go get it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Night, folks. When... uh 18 years old and met Burroughs with Jack Kerouac. One of the first books he gave me to read was William Blake's Songs of Innocence and Songs of Experience. So we'll end our set with the nurse's song, but you can sing along. The last line is, all the hills echoed, echo it. When the voices of children are heard on the green, laughing is heard on the hill. My heart is at rest within my breast And everything else is still Then come home, my children The sun is gone down And the dews of night arise Come Come, leave off play, and let us away, till the morning appears in the skies. No, no, let us play, for it is yet day, and we cannot go to sleep. Besides, in the sky, the little birds fly, and the hills are all covered with sheep. Shouted and laughed, and all the hills echoed. 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 And all the hills echoed.
Lord. 